Welcome back to the Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. This is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts in all the things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind and your body and your movement and your general life. I have been really enjoying my last uh, couple months, been downsizing my reality in Los Angeles and did a trip, as you guys likely already know if you've been following along, to Austin, Texas and did a whole plethora of fantastic conversations with beautiful humans such as this one. Whitney Miller is, uh, she's a badass. This conversation goes deep into pretty highly intimate details of sexuality, how to be your best sexual self, um, how to connect more deeply with a partner, and much, much more. A uh, really good conversation. I found myself probably blushing several times throughout it, and uh, that's a good sign of a good conversation. If, if blood is surging to any of your appendages, including your brain and uh, cheeks, I think that is... That's good stuff. So we had a great time and I think you guys are going to devour this. Whitney is a relationship coach. She is an expert in the realm of union between partners and sexuality, I would say. So beautiful opportunity to get to explore some of those more soft parts of our lives, being the the nurturing and the listening and uh, also being adept with bringing pleasure to your partner. Very important stuff. I hope you devour this conversation. I know that you will. If you guys are interested in getting your home fitness on, we've got the strength kit, which is something that I've been brainstorming for the last like year or so, and we put it together. It's out there. It exists. You can get it right now. There's over 200 pounds of resistance that you'll get from four different size resistance bands. Also, a hip band comes in a traveling case and uh, also includes a free instructional guide on how to get started using resistance bands. People ask me quite regularly, how do I stay the shape that I am. I'm kind of a, a somewhat strange in that I maintain body mass, muscles, and I'm also reasonably flexible. And so I get that question quite a bit. How do I do handstands and splits and things of the sort while also having some mass? And what I do is a lot of things. Uh, one of the major things when I'm traveling is I use bands. And so what I've been using is I've been using my own strength kit, which is fantastic. And you guys can do. Just go to alignband.com, A-L-I-G-N band.com, and you'll find yourself the option to grab the strength kit or also the self-care kit. Self-care kit is just the one band with the door anchor, and the strength kit includes five different size bands. So you have the option to go in between where you'd like to go with that. Bands are my absolute favorite training tool, especially for travel. You can throw them in any bag and uh, weighs, I don't know, the whole pack might weigh a pound and a half, two pounds or something. And it's flexible and you can get all of your strength slash flexibility needs out of the strength kit, which we are super stoked to bring to you. Alignband.com, check it out. Here we go, back to the scheduled programming with my girl, Whitney Miller. Pow. Throw on the mofo, whoa, 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 whoa. Throw on the mofo. Um, do you want to sing a little bit? Howdy doody. Here I am. That's nice. Thanks. You've been singing. Yes. What happened to your voice? It's gone. I don't know. I'm trying to bring it back. All right. I know. How do we bring it back? What's the process? I think I just have to do vocal rests and then there's these um, exercises that I'm supposed to be doing. Podca- I just kind podcast, of w- podcast started by the way. Great, we're in. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, great, I'm used to that. <laughs> just <so you> know. <laughs> Most of the things I say are, I'll just say whenever, yeah, anywhere, so it works that's, out. That's, good. That's, that's, that's preferable. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping to get it back. It's quite frustrating. Last time we were together a couple days ago, we were talking about how your your body has changed. Oh yes. Over the last, I don't know, two years or three years, or I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know the first time that I had the opportunity to get to work with you. Um, but there was an interesting transition that I noticed that seemed congruent with your experience. Um, and what I had noticed two or three years ago was kind of like more of like a holding of patterns. Like you were like in great shape and everything's working really well, but it was really hard to like, felt like it was hard to get in. Yeah. And now working with you, it feels like you're much more open and flexible and receptive to change and kind of like 
I don't know. It, it seems something's shifted. I don't know what it is exactly. Well, I love hearing that because I feel like on a personal note, that is exactly what's been going on. Of huh. just a letting go more of how I thought life should be or has to be. You know, I'm always, I, I think I've just always had this, this, I've always felt a little bit unsafe huh. in life. Always. And so I've had to have this protective kind of barrier because it was safer for me. If I can be in control of this, like if I let you in, that means I'm not, I don't feel in control of that. So I'm going to put up my protective barriers. I'm going to keep like, we'll be friends. I'll be like open and vulnerable about some things, but just enough. So I don't have to really open up, Hmm. you know, where do you think that was? Do you have any sense of where that came from? Um, you know, I experienced some sexual abuse when I was around four. So I think from the get go, (laughs) from the get go of just needing to protect myself and always feeling that way. Um, I grew up, thankfully we're at my brother's house now, Colin, who's amazing. I think he was on your show. He's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Great. We recorded one yesterday. Um, so I grew up basically just doing anything and everything that he wanted to do. So I was just very in that masculine and I loved it. It was fun. And I grew up with a single father um, who, you know, different women would come into my life trying to be my mom and trying to put their idea of who I should be and how I should act in my mind. So then again, I'm like, okay, I need to protect myself because I need to compete with you because you're going to come in here and try to one, take my dad or two, tell me how to live. And I'm not okay with that. And then it came into high school and that's, I was a great athlete, again, competitive though, didn't have many female friends at all because I didn't trust it. Um, Same with boyfriends. It was like, you can be there, but let's not get too close. And if we break up, fuck it. Yeah. Like I'll be fine. What do you feel permitted the sensation of, of safety to be able to start to let people in? It's still in process. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, it's definitely still in process. Um, I think, you know, allowing myself to to dive inward every once in a while. I'm not the type of person that's like, I'm going to meditate every day and I'm going to do plant medicine ceremonies all the time and all of this. It's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I do give myself that gift, it's I respond to it. So yeah. it's it's a very, it's a clear path in what I need to be doing. <laughs> I just have resistance to it sometimes. Um, So that for sure. And then getting out of the relationship that I got out of recently has been probably the biggest catalyst for safety within myself and realizing that, oh, wow, I didn't feel safe at all, period. So I didn't feel safe from basically the time I was born. But then I was in a relationship that perpetuated that and heightened that to the extreme probably. Um, not with any abuse or anything, let me just put that out there, but more yeah. so just, you know, my own not listening to myself so I wasn't feeling safe kind of vibe. Do you think that you created that and finding, was Aubrey like the perfect fit to to kind of continue some of those patterns or is that maybe, maybe I don't feel like that's actually exactly correct, but do you feel like you created him in your life in the way that he was? Because you're always dancing between each other you're creating each other essentially yeah I mean I could not have a better teacher you know he was perfect for that doesn't mean it was fun all the time but he was perfection for exactly what I needed and it was perfection in the in the way of how closed off I really am you know when I first met him at that point I um, hadn't cried probably in five years because emotions do nothing is what I was taught it doesn't change your external environment so why would you cry it's wasting time so I hadn't cried in probably oh. five years prior to that. Who taught you that? My dad. Whoa. Mm-hmm. But to him, you know, it's like, we don't need emotions. Like, just go, move on, keep going. Like, he, th- my superpower from him is being a very strong, independent woman, right? Yeah. So from these different relationships that I look back on, yeah, there's shit that we all get from our parents and our relationships, but you also get superpowers from them, too. And he 100% gave me that superpower of like, oh, I can do this. Mm. I know that I can do it. Um, And I have no emotion though, right? So it's like this, it's, it's being able to understand the lessons that you can get, maybe like releasing 
and letting go of the things that are holding me back where that's not serving me anymore in my life right now and, and celebrating the superpowers that I was given from that. I wonder, because you always have emotion. You just are only able to access a certain level of yourself in general. Like you need to, like Alan Watts talks about, like you need to, it takes skill to enjoy life. Mm. Like you need to, like as you, with wake surfing or whatever, it's like as you get kind of, as you level up and you're like, oh, now I'm pumping and like, oh, now we're doing this turn. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I was, oh, I was like, so fun. So you had to practice to get yeah. to that point to actually be able to sink into a deeper level to like mm -hmm. now you can start to enjoy the game. And so I wonder, as you're saying that, it's like I didn't, I didn't have emotion. Like you obviously had, you know, a bounty of emotion. You just weren't able to access it. I, I as just a general philosophical question, I wonder like where that is. I think it's there. It's yeah. not that I don't feel it. Yeah. I feel it, but then I just keep going. It's like, oh great, there you are. I don't need you. You don't help me, so I'm not going to look at you. Yeah. Keep going. Distract. You know, run away do anything else to where I don't need to do that because that emotion that's coming up and trying to come up isn't going to help what I want to be doing and is not how I want to feel. Yeah. I wonder where the emotion lives though because you can see when you're, I'm, I'm painting and I'm dancing and I'm crying and I'm like, I'm emoting. You're like, okay, where's it lives? Like, oh, I see it. Yeah. It's in your, you know, it's in your art. It's in your words, your song, like all the things. Like it's like your emotion, it's, it's out here. But just a general like philosophical question that I've literally just never even thought about. Like if you're not expressing it out, where is it? Yeah. And I, I, to me, I feel like certain forms of like disease of, of various sorts, if could end up expressing out if it's if it gets too stagnant in there. No question. What's interesting, <laughs> like 100%. And what's interesting about that is my last ayahuasca experience, I went to Soltara last, I guess it's been a year now, August. Um and as we started the podcast talking about, I'm just getting into music and like I've been songwriting and really expressing that. That's always, that's been a part of my life my entire life. I've loved to sing. My grandfather went to Juilliard for singing. I would put on singing like recitals for my parents on the regular. I would make them sit down and listen to me <laughs> sing one song at least 10 times and they had to pick the best one. <laughs> like it was over the top. That's great. Um, and I stopped. I stopped singing because I was terrified of it. I was terrified that maybe I was told that I, that I couldn't sing when I was like 10 years old. And that completely shut that part off in me. And so I would always sing by myself. Um, but in my last ayahuasca experience, I had this like giant knot in my belly, like in my low gut. I mean, I swear, I was. it was like basically like I was six months pregnant. I remember like sitting there holding it, being like, wow, I really need to birth this. Like this is not, I need to get this out. Yeah. Um, and the message was if you don't, if you keep allowing this fear to hold you down and to restrain you, this will come out as a disease, 100%. And it was like so clear because it's been such a fear and such a weight for me every minute of every single day because I'm so petrified that people won't love me if I don't sound perfect. Mm. And it was just like this light bulb of, oh, okay, I better start stepping into this because I don't want a disease. <laughs> but also, and as I've started to do that, it's, I'm starting to feel more safe. My, my emotions, I'm e able to tap into a lot more. It's just, it's really just been a beautiful expansion of, of me. And now I have to watch. I have to watch the the thought of, damn it, you should have done this earlier. How could you do this to yourself for thirty one years? And I would imagine it's probably pretty easy for you to acknowledge that you needed that closed space in order to be able to for the pendulum to be able to swing to the opposite side and actually feel in the way that you can. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. If it was always just like oh, like just steady motoring along, it's like well, you haven't really experienced like amplitude. So I, I wonder if there's some physics to that, that if you, it's almost like the, the deeper that you feel pain, if there's a reciprocal side of that, that you can feel joy. I think so. So for people that are like really depressed and bummed and like, fuck my life, it's like, no, no, this is great. Well, at least you can <laughs> like, feel. You're going is, in. <laughs> right. At least you can feel because I went feel. my life so long just 
kind of cruising in the in the midline and not really feeling much, being yeah. more numb, not really depressed, not like super ecstatic either. And it's just like, I'm just going to live it's here. Like, it's like making it through life yeah. instead of living your life. It's not, you're not taking responsibility for your life at all. You're just kind of being reactive to what's being thrown at you. Oh, I'm not that happy because X, Y, and Z happened. Instead of saying, I want to paint the picture of my life and be this happy. Yeah. There's a, in, in, in reference to the stuff getting stuck inside you, there's a quote paraphrasing from someone if you uh let out what is within you it will heal you if you hold in what is within you it will destroy you oh wow yeah and so <laughs> that's very good <laughs> look right yeah paraphrasing it was said much more eloquently by whoever the hell that was but uh generally speaking it's an interesting like mantra to live one's life by it's like okay cool like what are we doing today okay maybe we'll go golf and whatever it's like we're gonna let out whatever is within us mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, be that. yeah make that a part of your process so with you i wonder um i'm interested in what attracts you to a man what qualities right now stability and safety mm. without a doubt yeah, it's um, I have to I have to really feel safe and loved for all that I am because I'm 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 a lot of a human, <laughs> you know, um, and so allowing me to really feel safe and having someone who's stable, who's like, no, I'm here. Like, I love you. I'm here. Sure, we're going to have our stuff, but um, that's where I can fully open up. Otherwise, you have no chance. Otherwise, we'll just be kind of close, but not really close. Like, I won't fully let you in in that way. Um, And this is something that I'm still learning currently. I'm still going through this for sure. Post, you know, split from my last relationship that my number one thing is stability. My number one thing is feeling safe. So how do I attract that type of person into my life? What was the flavor of... of I say Aubrey because he's been on here a bunch of times and yeah. you know, whatever. But so what was the flavor of the stability that you were, um, that you got with Aubrey? Cause there was obviously certain, there was, what, what was attract, what was attractive to you, um, about him to start? I mean, we, me and Aubrey had so much fun together. You know what I mean? Like we, we had points that we would call it heaven. Like we're in heaven. This is awesome. We're loving it. Um, he challenged me a lot. He challenged a lot of the thought processes that I had, a lot of my patterns, why I felt the way that I felt. He drew a lot of my emotions out that I, I was so uh, terrified to, to express. You know, like I said, before I met him, I hadn't cried in five years. And then from there, it was like, it was a snowball effect. And I got into I started understanding spirituality and plant medicines and unconventional relationships. And it just forced me to dive into myself to understand who I really am. And that's beautiful. Now, do I ever want to be in a relationship like that again? No, I don't. I, I thank him so much for that. And I know I'll be in relationships to come that will help me, you know, nurture that more so, but Aubrey and I were figuring out what open relationships were and just diving into it. And that I I didn't feel safe doing that. And there's certainly not a whole lot of stability in the way that we were practicing it. So it left me always very guarded, yet he really wanted me to be open. So we were stuck in this cycle of, no, I don't feel safe. Oh, but you never open up to me. Well, no, I don't feel safe. Well, you don't open up to me, right? So it's like a Great cycle. Do you think? Do you think there was any danger in being public about your guys's kind of venturing into the unknown with that? Of of perhaps people like being like, "Oh, I'm going to do that because they're doing that," and meanwhile, you guys are like, "Well, maybe we don't actually even know what the fuck we're doing with this." Oh yeah, but I was very. I mean, I I wouldn't even. I was very open with the fact that we don't know what the fuck we're right. doing. Like. <laughs> Aubrey does a bunch better job of like speaking eloquently and can understand everything. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's, this makes total sense because of X, Y, and Z. And I'm the type of person that's like, no, this makes zero sense to me right now. I don't understand this at all. I hate it. You're stupid. And I'm never doing this again, you know? And so I think we actually complimented each other in that way a lot, which is great and cool. But I also think it was 
maybe a point of friction between us a little bit too because I'm like oh you're just so spiritual and like up in the clouds and I'm over here like in the mud just superhuman you know and not I don't know it's just it's like a funny it's funny to look back on it but I I hope people you know could see us as a beacon of light in a certain you know, point, because the reason we shared it was to let people know that there are other types of relationships that you can have if monogamy or however you want to phrase it isn't working for you. What did you learn from polyamory? Is that the term polyamory? Polyamory, yeah. What what you guys were practicing if there was a a title? Yeah. Titles are strange because relationships are dynamic. Mm -hmm. But if you had to to strap one on there, that was the thing. What, What would you feel like you learned from your foray into polyamory? That I know nothing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I didn't really know anything at the in the <laughs> at the start. But for me, it, it made me a better person. Truly, it made me understand why I would get jealous, why I would get triggered, why I'd be sad or mad. Um, it allowed me to cultivate really deep relationships with women, um, which you would think wouldn't be necessarily the. Um, necessarily would happen, <laughs> right? Because yeah. you think you would be even more competitive, and there was there was some of that, but. I was forced to have vulnerable conversations constantly. Right. And that allowed me to love, like truly love the other women who I'm best friends, some of them best friends with at this point. Um, And so I'm so grateful for that. It just, it taught me who I am. And I think that was the best and the coolest thing I could have ever gotten from that experience. Do you think polyamory works? Or is it kind of like, is it like communism where it's like, and, and the, you know, the idea of it sounds great, but then when you actually put it into practice, it turns into like warfare. I think it works. I mean, I work with a lot of clients who are happily, very happy in polyamorous cool. communities. Yeah. 100%. I think it's the, it's up to the two people in the relationship. Yeah. Um, also, what does work mean? You know, just give me a definition of does it work? As opposed to not working. Is it sustainable? Does it have longevity? And does it have a net um, a net impact of, of uh, good sensations on both both parties' sides? Or is it a lot more like torment and, and, and work to make it work? Yeah. Um, I think yes on both. Like yeah. there is, yes, there is longevity because I work with people who, have very long-term relationships. Um, what's, the, what's the longest that you know of? Obviously not like mentioning a person, but do you no, know anybody no, no. that's been like a 20-year polyamorous relationship? I think there's one that I work with personally and they've been like 12. Wow. Which is a pretty long time. Yeah. Particularly if we're comparing, I'm assuming we're comparing it to monogamous sure. relationships. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, this is always like such an interesting conversation when it comes to polyamory working versus monogamy working. Because we're in a place where we're at 50% divorces. I think it's actually a little bit lower now because people just aren't getting married anymore. But we talk about polyamory and we're like, yeah, but does it really work? Like, does it really have longevity? Does it really X, Y, and Z? Because we're looking at monogamous couples thinking that just because they're in a long-term relationship, it's happy. Yeah. And so it's like, it's for me, I want everything to be as fluid as, as possible. But if we just get down to the main point yeah I, I do know that it works I think it's up to the two people or however many people are in that um, container to really want to put in the work because when you're in a monogamous relationship it's easier to sweep things under the rug it's easier to say like oh, I'm just not going to talk about that today I'm too tired I don't want to Polly you can't do that you have to sit there and talk about it you have to over like almost over analyze everything and communicate it and why do I feel this way and where is it coming from and why do I feel this way today when yesterday I didn't feel that way and why are new emotions coming up with this person but they're not with this person (laughs) so it is a very that's why I feel like it made me a better human because it forced me to really look at everything that was coming up and yes can it be tiring it can be hella tiring (laughs) to where you want like a vacation (laughs) so where are you at presently what's your your preference for for relationship do you feel like polyamory is of interest or you you feel like you want to be with one person um currently i am enjoying not being in like a labeled relationship cool because i was with aubrey for you know we just actually 
split when he got married. So it was like eight years. So I'm now in this point to where I can do anything that I want to do without worrying about how it's going to affect him in a positive or negative way. So it's so nice to be in this place of just how does Whitney feel right now? What does she want to do right now? How does she want to spend her mornings? How does she want to spend her evenings? Who does she want to hang out with? It's just this whole new coming of, I guess, coming of age a little bit into myself, which is at the time excruciating, but now looking back, incredibly freeing. I want to take a moment and share something that we've been working on for the last year and we are ready to present it to you. It is the Align Total Strength Kit. If you're interested in enhancing your home gym situation or you just want to be able to get a workout in while you are traveling, while you are at your home, your office, anywhere, we created the perfect tool for you. It includes four different resistance bands, four different sizes, so it equals over 200 pounds of resistance. It also includes a hip band and a door anchor. So you can attach all of those bands into the door anchor, hang them off from any height and work to mobilize your joints, work to do strengthening exercises, calisthenic exercises, yoga stuff, bodybuilding, whatever you need, you can get it done with resistance bands. It is my go-to training tool hands down resistance bands. I've been traveling with them for years and it's the major thing that keeps me fit when I'm on the road slash at my home slash working with clients. Uh, so it's here for you now at alignband.com. One of the things that it comes with is a bonus, as I mentioned, is the hip band. Hip band is a great way to start getting some booty gains in your life. If you give a dang about your sexuality, your sexual prowess, as we're talking about in this conversation, Having a big old honkin' juicy butt is one of the highest indicators that you are a fertile, dependable human being. Why would that be? Uh, the mechanics of a healthy human being would be someone that is able to utilize the leverage from their hips correctly. When you have a flat white guy or white girl bum, not that this is a racial thing, but unless it is a stereotype, um, then that is an indication that you probably don't move well. You probably are mostly knee and quad dominant, and you are missing out on the vast power that your hips are able to produce. Most effective athletes are able to move well from their hips. And so we put together a specific kit for y'all to start doing not just booty gains, but booty gains are a relevant one for this conversation. So we got the hip band, four different size resistance bands, over 200 pounds of resistance that can be found at alignband.com, A-L-I-G-N band.com. On there, you can just click on the four strength section and you can get yourself the strength kit. I know people are out of resistance bands all over the place and uh, we put together the perfect little, little set for y'all and uh, also includes an instructional guide on how to get started. All right, here we go. Back to the scheduled programming with my girl, Whitney Miller. Bo. I wonder for people, so you, you felt like ideally you could have come into a place of being more comfortable with yourself 13 years ago or you know in the past a while ago. Um, for people that are kind of feel uncomfortable in themselves or uncomfortable expressing or any of that, would you have any kind of like bullet point recipe tutelage on how to <laughs> expedite that process? Mm. <laughs> I think I, 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 what I found for me personally is doing things that I don't know much about. Mm. Of like just expanding my community, expanding what I do, like learning about it, having that growth mindset about something. If I'm curious about something, reading about it, understanding it. If there's something that's really tugging at you that you want to do, in my case, singing, take singing lessons. No one has to hear you except for that person, you know? And so just, I think little things like that really helped draw me out. And with, I'm interested in understanding more uh, from this place that you're at and the, the people that you become attracted to, like the qualities in a man, so stability, support, uh, feeling like you can count on them. Um, how does, it, how does a, a, a man express that? How does a man show that to a woman? 
if he's in tune with himself, I find that awesome because to me, truth is love. So if he's in truth with himself, that's the most attractive thing that you can do. And I feel as though if he's acting from that place, I'm going to get his real, his, his realness. So when he says he loves me, he loves me. I believe him. I trust him within that. Um, I think something that we see a lot of is people being in the relationship and then out. Like we're together, we're not together. Wait, let's get back together. And then we're not together. And then we're in and we're out. And I think that probably comes, they act that way because of their past relationships or how they were, they grew up to a certain extent. Um, but that to me is what creates an insane amount of unsafety because you don't ever know what's going to happen from day to day. So if you're in a relationship with somebody and that's how it is, it's there has to be something to make pattern disrupt that and say, okay, like we really need to figure this out because it's starting to make me feel really unsafe and I'm walking on eggshells not knowing how you're feeling today. So how can we communicate with each other to know when you're feeling like you need to run yeah. or where's that push and pull coming from? Um, if you want to be in that relationship, that's the other thing. So many people stay in relationships they don't want to be in for so long. Then the other person picks up on it. They're not having sex anymore. They're not hanging out with friends anymore. They're not doing any of these things. They're just grinding it out because that's what we're told to do. But then there's like your brother and uh, what is it called when your brother marries someone? What is Christy to you? What is her title? Oh, sister-in-law? Sister-in-law. Oh, right. okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Your brother is just Colin Christie. Yeah. Um, so they've been together for 19 years. Right. Which is part of many reasons I was excited to have a conversation with them and be like, wow, mm-hmm. like I haven't heard of that since like my grandparents. I know. It's <laughs> like, amazing. What, what's that like? Right. And so I wonder, do you think that it's possible that perhaps the common tendency is like, okay, we're not having sex enough for... I don't like the way he snores or it's just, we feel like incompatible after uh, a year, six months. And then you happen to just be going through kind of like a plateau kind of stormy phase. And on the other side of that is the sun and you know, the, you, you up level the relationship. Sure. Like how does one know that? I don't think you ever fully know. Like mm-hmm. we don't have certainty and, me and Aaron, you and I have been dating for six months. We, it sucks right now, but I have 100% certainty that we're going to be together for 19 years. I don't think you have that. Yeah. But it's, it's either do you want to put in the effort with this person to, as, as your teammate to move through that? It takes effort. So many people want to like, what's this one thing that we can do? It's effort. You have to want to do it. You have to put in the time and the energy into that relationship and be proactive, not reactive every time something comes up. So I don't know if you'll ever have 100% certainty that this is the person for you unless you, you know, and it maybe there's like an intuitive feeling. If you're able to listen to that, yeah. then great. But 100% it's going to take some effort. It's going to be uncomfortable at times. And when in relationship, when people are going through their shit together, what's the what's the process to be able to s- step back and instead of just hating each other, be able to step back and like reassess? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's going to be personalized to each person. Like, what? Where is? The, where are the times that give you the break? That gives you the breaks to understand what's coming up for you. Like, what do you do? for yourself. You have to find your own, I call it co-independence, where instead of codependent relationships, you have to create these co-independent lives so you can guys, you guys can come together and understand it mm. and, and, and be in that love hot tub that like Ram Das talks about. Um, but I think it is, you have to come up with your own practices and, and have the wherewithal and the determination and somewhat of the excitement to understand what's coming up for you so you guys can do that together and move through it. It's also going to be really hard if one partner wants to do it and the other partner doesn't. It's like, you know, I feel like your audience knows this, but if one partner goes on this big spiritual journey and the other partner is just at home kind of, you know, everyday life, they come back and a lot of the times they're completely unbalanced, yeah. right? They can't. It's hard for them to even have a conversation because they're coming from two different worlds at that point. And that can be the same when working through relationship troubles too. Both of us have to be in it. Now, one can take the lead. Someone's got to go first sometimes. Like, I'll follow you in this. Um, 
but the other person has to want to go along for the ride. It's an interesting thing that, that if you go, you go have a trip of, of some sort, it could be you traveled to France or Germany, or maybe mm-hmm. you went to Peru and did ayahuasca, like that kind of trip or anything that was a trip, you know, it took you out of your, your typical container and <laughs> right. shook up your snow globe. And then you come back and you're like, <laughs> okay, like I'm, my containers shifted a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you place, you've, you've created this, this co relationship with somebody else and my container shifted shape or their container shifted shape. And I'm, we're trying to fit it back in <laughs> yeah. to each other. And then it's like, so it seems like both people, they just need to continue to be fluid, flexible. And communicate. You have to communicate. Yeah. So it's like the the, the combination of, of fluidity and flexibility with support and anchorage. Mm-hmm. If you're too fluid flexible then there's just there's no way to hold right. you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you exactly. just slip out through the bottom stay of stay the- <laughs> here <laughs> don't move <laughs> yep so with that person have you experienced that in your own your own life in relationship where one person's changing away and the other person's there it's like it's kind of like it feels like our tracks are shifting yeah yeah um with with aubrey too i think you know i was always trying to keep up with him in certain aspects of that and I know that was challenging for him because as most people know he's this he's a very powerful force he's amazing right like he has weight and gravity to him and the things that he says and does is just it's awesome um and for me I always felt like I had to keep up with that so I would just fucking swerve and be like nah I'm I'm not into any of that stuff so we would we would go into like these these waves of you know expansion and contraction and expansion and contraction because a lot of mine was distraction from the things that I couldn't understand or felt like I could never be good enough to understand or be good enough for him in that in that way um which I think is one of the reasons why polyamory worked for us for quite some time was because he could get some aspects that I wasn't necessarily interested in with other people. Yeah. Um, so I experienced it then. And then, you know, I've been in a relationship with Ricky, who's been a part of, you know, I started dating him maybe two, two and a half years ago or something when Aubrey and I were in, in a polyamorous relationship. There have been times where I really want to focus on my brand and career and, you know, just building my life for myself. Um, and he lives this life of, of luxury and holiday and play, which is amazing all of the time, but sometimes the two don't coincide with each other. Hmm. So if I'm on holiday mode with him all the time, how am I supposed to be focusing on the things that I really need to put my mind and energy into? And so you start to feel and see that at times. Yeah. I'd like to talk about sex. Ooh. <laughs> Great. Let's talk yeah. about sex, Aaron. I think that would be very interesting. I mean, it always is, isn't it? What? <laughs> so what is good sex for you? What does that mean? Oh, I mean, I, for me, good sex can change. Can change. Because I feel like sometimes a lot of people really want connective sex. And like, I'm there we're going to connect in this way. And that can be great. I love that. Notice really my love posture that. perks up as we talk about sex. Yeah, yeah. You're like, mm, okay, let me get, let me <laughs> let really me get in here. Perfect alignment. <laughs> let me get my very erect. Kundalini is open. <laughs> Partially tumescent. Do you know what that word means, tumescent? No. Tumescent means engorged with blood. Oh, wow. I'm not actually. Are you? I just wanted to say tumescent. Tumescent. I haven't said it in the podcast for several months. Oh, is this like a thing? It's like your thing. Maybe no, you just no, it's drinking not my thing. I just think it's, it's just a nice word. Tumescent for people at home. Engorged. So can you say that his penis is tumescent? That's correct. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> or your you know, body clit- is or, tumescent. Or clitoris or whatever. Yeah. They're very Love that. Complimentary genitalia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I feel like if somebody said that to me in bed, I that would not downgrade not the the good sex meter quickly it would reduce your tumescence is what it would do 100 percent. yeah that's correct yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so i think like good sex can be really connective in that way kind of like tantra and, and just like that person really being there you guys exploring that um and then i also think there's like sometimes this this um 
a battle against casual sex and you shouldn't have casual sex and blah, blah, blah. I, if you want to have casual sex, have casual sex. Go for it. That can be really fun and really great sex. Define casual sex. If it's, if you're not in a relationship, maybe it's a one night stand. Maybe it's just a couple of times you see each other here and there. Casual sex. Yeah, Yeah. I was thinking like casual with a partner. Because oh, that's actually like a question. Quickie? That's yeah. That's actually a question that I have. Is it appropriate to have like sleepy, kind of like Mormon yeah. soak type sex? Yeah. Why not? I don't know. I wonder if so. So I've had this thought before of like, oh, I wonder if you get in like a like a, a pattern of doing that. If it could somehow kind of reduce the 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 specialness of like the the more intentional sex. And so if I. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. If it's just like, oh, we're just both tired and lazy and, you know, we're kind of just kind of be here, which usually turns into a little bit more than that. <laughs> but if perhaps that like could hypothetically take away energy or pressure that could go into something more meaningful. I mean, I, I'm sure it could, but I don't think about it that deeply. I'm I like, think if, too much. <laughs> I know, but I think it is a way that people think about sex a lot because sex is a very beautiful energetic expansion between two people it's awesome and for sure so if you get stuck in this in this i guess process of just kind of rolling over and having sex so what is good sex for you (laughs) oh as long as i have an orgasm and i'm I'm having a good Good. time i'm having good sex that's good yeah what's like the like paint the perfect picture for sex Ooh. okay so no um please I, I'm not, I have never had a one night stand in my life, so I'm not really into one night stands. So I have to be with somebody who's I've had sex with at least a few times, but maybe like around 10. That feels like a good amount. Mm, (laughs) Pulling that out of my ass, but whatever. Around 10 times. I love foreplay. Um, What I've been really getting into is penis and vulva massage, Mm. which is awesome. You can do this prior to you having sex, or if you don't even want to have sex, I think being able to do that and just giving pleasure to your partner in that way can be really awesome. Mm. Um, and I like to use toys. So maybe we'll have like a bullet or a vibrator handy, um, for clitoral stimulation because only four to 18% of women come only from penetrative sex. So gotta, got to have some clitoral stimulation. Mm. Otherwise it's usually not a very good time. I try to have, the woman orgasm before penetration. Yeah, that's what I like. So optimally, vulva massage, right, prior, Yeah. make me orgasm, then we can have sex. It just takes the pressure off too. Yeah. Especially if the girl, some some girls can orgasm like, wow, like they're, you know, 15 yeah. orgasms. Some yeah, girls, it's like, me. it's yeah, it's like more of a big deal. Um, so if it is, especially if it's more of a big deal, just to get the orgasm out of the way, mm-hmm. to me, and also I think like like with something I dealt with for years uh, was premature ejaculation, um, which was interesting. I was in a relationship with a girl. This is when I was like probably 21, 22 to 26 or something like that. I don't know the exact ages. Um, but I was in a relationship for a while, and then all of a sudden something switched Sex was great, and then I like I just couldn't control anything. Wow! I don't understand what it was. Um, I, I I don't really understand how to explain it, other than perhaps like anxiety or nerves or mm-hmm. something like that or something, and then it would build upon itself. Right. And so <laughs> I find personally by you know having there's like the book she comes first. Is that what it's called? Such she a great comes, book. Yeah. Comes, yeah. Um, that's yeah. I recommend recommended reading. Uh, but I find generally speaking. That to me, just like it allows as a man, it allows the whole rest of the thing to go with much more ease because mm-hmm. you feel like, okay, cool. It's all extra credit here. Yeah. And you're not working to some mountaintop. You're not, it's, it's just like, no, we're in the journey. We're mm-hmm. good. Which then the journey gets much better. Right. And, and for women, being able to be relaxed, lubricated, tubescent. Tumescent. 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 Um, but like having that orgasm allows you to really receive the man. And Mm. we talk about also feel free to use lube. I feel like some people have this idea that we shouldn't use lube. We should just be naturally wet as soon as he's ready to enter you. Like use lube, have a lot of it. There's all kinds of great lubes out there. What's the recommendation? I really like, I guess good, clean, good, clean love. 
Mm. And then there's pure, but it's spelled like P-R-U or P-U-J-E. It's a German brand. Something like that's really good. So these are like silicone-based lubes? These are water. Water-based lubes. I like water-based lubes. What about like oils and like coconut or olive or any of that stuff? Everyone likes to use, you know, coconut oil is all the rage, but it's not very good for your vagina. Mm. Um because it's so thick that it can actually cause infection. Whoa. Um, it's an- They say there's antiviral properties in coconut oil. Yeah. But, I mean, as a woman, we all know how finicky our vi- vaginas can be. Like anything can throw the pH off like that. And coconut oil is one of them. Mm. Yeah. Any other oils that are more okay or just like get yourself some water-based? I would just get some really lube. good high-end lube. Yeah. All right, done deal. Yeah, and, and sometimes you're going to have to try it out. Sometimes, you know, some lube's going to work for me that may not work for others, but sensitive skin, um, organic, get something, like stay the fuck away from KY and mm. all of that stuff you can find like CVS and Walgreens. No, 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 no. You have a beautiful pussy and you treat that thing right, okay? Mm. We're not putting KY on that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Self-care, okay? With yeah. this, with this, uh, Pre, well, not pre, with the, the, the vulva massage and all the, the gen, general massage stuff. What's, how does one set that up? Like, what's a woman want? Well, now that is the million dollar question, isn't it, Aaron that's why, Alexander? That's why I have you here, Whitney Miller. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's going Depends to be so, yeah, so personalized. Some people yeah. like um, vibration. Some people hate vibration. Some people like direct clitoral stimulation. Some people don't like it. There are quadrants to. Was the, the top right quadrant that the thing? Depends. In the, oh, it depends. I thought there was one that had the high concentration. You can concentration be top the, left, or you can be top right. Oh, I'm really? top left. My co-host Wednesday is top right. So, wow, and you can map it thing. out. It's called vulva mapping, and so you can find where you're the most sensitive. And how does one map their vulva? Well, they have different toys that you can use that have like little pin, very small like pinpoint on the end that you just use and you just lay there. You just lay there and you can either use your hands or a toy. If you like vibration, you can use a vibrator and you just move it to see where you're the most sensitive. Some Maybe you feel a little numbness somewhere. Um, maybe not the most sensitive spot. Other areas are like, ooh, I really like that, but maybe a little bit down, like one centimeter down. Oh, great. Or what if I go to the opposite side? Like it's really all about exploration, but we're not taught this at all. I just learned about the quadrants maybe like three years ago. Thank hmm. God, because I'm loving my what's, top what's or your, left. What's your, your top left? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. What's so? What's so? This is something that it would be wise for partners to sort out early totally. on in the relationship. Totally. Totally. Yeah, and it's fun. You're just you're getting. And you to need know. a tool. You need precision. You need instruments. I mean, you can. Yeah, you can. You don't have to. You can also use like your finger and just use. Different pressures, different strokes, go up and down, go side to side, go in circles, um, grab your clitoral hood, pull the clitoral hood back. Do you like that? Do you, is it too intense? Hmm. There's just so, it's a whole playground of, of joy. <laughs> <laughs> what about the other parts? What about the, the, what do they call it? The gooch? The gooch? Is it the in-between Terry and like butt play and things of that sort? Yeah, I'm How does not one navigate? into butt play. Why? It's just, I, I just, I'm not into it. I don't like it. I think like it's it. only second to the clit with sensory receptors, right? It hurts. Uh, it hurts for me. I've Even tried it. Even just the it. outside? It, it distracts me from where I actually want to be putting my attention. Is it because it makes you feel like you got to poop? Is it because you feel no, like it's dirty? No, I've had a lot dirty? of anal. I'm not going to lie. I've had a lot of anal in my <laughs> life. And it, I, there's maybe like a couple of times that I've been like, yeah, that was great. Oh. However, I prefer, why don't you just take your finger and you put it on my clit? Because that feels a whole lot better for me. All right. Yeah. But I mean, it can be very pleasurable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, it can be very pleasurable. Uh, uh, one tool that I do enjoy um, for anal, if people are interested, it's called an anal hook. Mm. It has a ball at the end. And you just, it's like a, um, I guess it's stainless steel. It's pretty heavy. Like if you got into a fight, you could totally knock someone out with it. I keep one in my, in my, uh, great. My, my so back pocket. you are set for I'm ready, anal I'm ready to go. and self protection. Bar fights. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it is, it just, it slides in and it just feels really great. 
if I'm doing anal, which I hardly ever do. What type of mistakes do men commonly make with, with sex? What's like a common kind of like, oh, you're doing that again? Like well, the, 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 perhaps like the jackrabbit thing would be like a, a potential you know, example. Which... Listen, jackrabbit, you can jackrabbit sometimes. No, that's what I'm saying. I think, it's, I think it's a powerful rabbit. tool. It's a powerful tool. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying. If your full education was porn, yeah. most of your experience with sex is probably just like power jackrabbit and then we're good. Right, exactly. That's the thing is you, we don't really want to be fucked like porn stars all the time. <laughs> really? I know, it's shocking. It's crazy. It's truly shocking. You would think that we, as soon as men are born, they're handed this rule one to dating women. Fuck them like a porn star. Yeah. No. All right. Mm-mm. Okay. So 12 guys all... <laughs> right, cocking in your face. That's not every girl's no, dream. I don't know. Not everyone's Damn. dream. Believe it or not, internet is confusing. It's very confusing. <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get. It's a, it's the fucking wild wild west out there. Okay, I'll tell you that much. Um, common mistakes. I think like yeah, jackhammering would probably be one unless she's really wanting it. Also, knowing that only four to eighteen percent of women come from solely from penetration alone. Mm. So. Get your fingers and hands on the clit or around that area. Mm-hmm. Um, know that you can use lube. Like we already said, she's not going to be wet just all the time. Just like we don't, just like our thought process, what we've been taught as women is that you guys have to be hard all the time. Right. Like, okay, I'm going to take you off down. I'm going to take you off the shelf and now you have to be hard. Wait, what do you mean you're not hard? Mm. You know? Um, and let's see what else are the. Do you want a massage before sex? I want to massage every moment of What's every day. What's the first perfect setup? You got to you have a you know your your partner or date or somebody special whatever over. They come into your home. What starts opening the the flower? <laughs> <laughs> what starts the blooming process? <laughs> well, you better give me a whole lot of compliments and tell me oh, how beautiful I am. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I mean, if we're doing like dinner or something, maybe a glass of wine, you can come up next to me, you know, you know kiss me on the neck or the ears. Definitely tell me how hot I look for sure, but not hot. You don't look hot. Just say like you look very beautiful or whatever your compliments are. I feel like you could receive hot. I like being told that I'm hot, but I also want that person to tell me that it, I'm incredibly beautiful or I love when you do X, Y, and Z. Like I want both Mm. of that because I've been talking to guys recently and they're just like, God, you're so hot. Mm. (laughs) It's like, yeah, yeah, okay, bro. I would think it's all about polarity, I'd imagine. For sure. You You have to have polarity. So if there's a person that's like surfer bro bra dude and he's like, dude, you're so hot. That would probably be different than if it was like some, I don't know what, someone that's a little more regal. You know, if they're like, they're like, wow, like you look hot. Yeah, like I'd imagine that would be a different experience. 100%. So I like the, wow, you look hot. Yeah, you got to be a little As spelled out. As opposed to like, like the, the athlete or the surfer bro. It's like, yeah. you're fucking hot. Yeah. Yeah, that's no good. Okay, cool. A little, little cheap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And foreplay is great. You know, we can start off on the couch or something, get a little bit heated, and then maybe we, t- I kind of like that too. You take a little bit of a break, maybe eat some charcuterie or uh, whatever, what you is know. charcuterie? Like a, I'm like taking a notes. meat and cheese board. Charcuterie. <laughs> I just love. Need charcuterie. <laughs> Going to. Yeah. And yeah, why not massage? Sure. Right? It's really all I got. Well, I mean, I feel like that's what that's you're in, isn't it? You're like, hey, hey, let me give you a massage. I don't have game, so my little like my only that's my only option. How often does that work? I mean, it's, yeah, it's a pretty functional move. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just this is hilarious. So, do you get them naked first? Not necessarily. But so then you're like, set the scene, Aaron. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. You're like, I can't put out all of my moves. I can't. Maybe they're listening to I me. I really can't. Okay. Create, so they right, have so, but their... I, can, I can little things, general <laughs> general things. Just create contact because that's always the hardest thing is, is like bridging the point, especially if you're on like a first date with somebody. Yeah. Like getting to the point of like, huh, like touch hand, like yeah. hand on, your... on leg. <laughs> Is that okay? Huh? Huh? You know, so if you're automatically doing something that creates contact, maybe you're you're learning to surf together, you're learning to 
whatever, rock climb together or something, something where you're like actively like, okay, I'm spotting your hips. That's great. Doing Hands something on hips, together. Yeah. Actively kind of building this yep. thing. Also doing something that, that, um, I, I veer towards things that are either like awe inspiring peak experiences or create some sense of danger or both. You know, yeah, so it's something like sexual desire. Good call. Mm, so we're like kind of creating this like pair bonding, depending on each other, creating trust and safety and all that stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, con- I think contact is the number one. I mean, I could go through a bunch of things, but I'm asking you questions. But uh, con- like, please con- stop talking about how I try to sleep with people. <laughs> but contact is a major one. So I do acro yoga. You know, so that's like a fun thing to be like, cool, like lots of trust, lots of safety, lots of contact, lots of massage and kind of like melting into each other. Yeah. Um, so I think just learning some type of skill or just being interested in learning some type of skill with another person that bridges that gap of distance, I think is very valuable. Mm-hmm. I also really like it when someone asks great questions, like if they're actually curious about you. I mean, obviously people love talking about yourself. We know that. Mm-hmm. But if they yeah. ask interesting questions that aren't surface level. Right. You know, because then you start to really get to know each other a little bit. I wonder how one cultivates that other than just like being like, it's a, it's a skill. Yeah, it is. It how, really does one, is. how do you think one cultivates that? You know, I'm not really sure. I don't know either. I, was, I don't know. I think you just, I think questions beget questions. Like if you become a curious person, yeah. curiosity is, is, is a skill like the Alan Watts, like it takes skill to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. It's like getting in the habit of like, wow, I'm like a narcissistic son of a bitch. Like I'm always <laughs> just thinking about me. Why would there be any questions? Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, well maybe actively go out of your way to ask some and that might start to kind of tear the dam down for more to come. And even if you're not, if you're not doing it with somebody that you're intimately involved with outside of your your first date you can do this in your everyday life like just start asking questions to people what's the perfect question what's like the per- what's the, what vein of questions start to kind of open open you up i know this is a weird overly specific question but i yeah. just wonder like what's the like so i've been asked before doing interview whatever stuff where people were like what's the one question no one's ever asked you that you've wanted to be asked I'm not asking you that right now because it feels cliche and cheesy, but just in general, like what's, what do you want to be talking about with a person in, on a, on a date situation? Like what would be like, Oh wow. I mean, I talk a lot about fear and failure. All right. So that could be interesting. Like what scares you that the most? That creates vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Does the guy need to lead with vulnerability first? Is that supportive? Not, not necessarily. Start off like a story of like, Setting the tone of like, here you go. This is on the table. Yeah. Choose that would, that would, that would definitely help for sure. I think that opens the door and you can walk through it. Yeah. I'm the type of person that usually if someone asks me a question, I answer it. <laughs> you know, but it, and but it's good to know if if someone's like, what's the scariest, you know, what what scares you the most right now in life or right. whatever. And he's like, Guaranteed because I recently. guys are going to be like. <laughs> Tell me, what's I figured the it scary? out. I figured it out. Let me know how it goes. Um, because it also, I feel like that conversation can also be playful, you know. Yeah. It, and I love playfulness. I will. I love to be playful with people. If you can't be playful with me, then it's not going to work. Well, that's the balance with the vulnerability, especially in kind of like New Age, Venice, perhaps Austin. You know, like spiritual circles. Mm you can start to kind of have this this kind of like phony uh, vulnerability. Yeah. That's like, oh, I'm like, I'm doing vulnerability. I'm doing like, it. That's Look not, at me that's go. That's not nice either. Yeah. No, 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 no. no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> that so, is actually repulsive. It's actually repulsive. I, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> one thing to get me to just dry my vagina right up <laughs> is that. And people can sense it too. You can sniff it out like dog poo. You know, it's not good. It's not, it's not good. good. Okay. Uh, no. All right. So don't do that. Okay. If if anyone has learned anything from this whole entire <laughs> podcast, I have no idea what we even talked about at this point. I think it was great. But don't do the fake vulnerability. Done. And be playful. That feels perfect. And know your quadrants. I <laughs> what in the instrument that we uh we'll we'll include the instrument in the show notes. Hopefully. You can also just look up vulva mapping and there's all kinds of diagrams and things that you can do. Perfect.
You and your partner get in there. Mm, what a great Monday or sun, I don't know when this is coming out. But if you do that on a day, it's going to be a great what day. What a great day. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for making time to do this. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I so greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, where should people go to learn more about uh, vulva mapping and relationship guidance with Whitney Miller? <laughs> Um, you can check me out on Instagram. I'm most active on Instagram, which is wit in love. And it's just the in, in L O V E wit in love. That's on Twitter as well. I'm also coming out with a four month relationship mentorship, which I'm super excited about, um, for singles and couples looking to really transform their relationship, have better sex, come up with agreements, learn how to be more, what's that word again? Tumescent. Tumescent. Yeah. Yeah. You so want to be able to maintain the tumescence as well. Maintain it's not all the just about power tumescence and then collapse. No, no, it's true. <laughs> Longevity. Longevity. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. So we'll do all that. Talk about jealousy agreements. I bring on expert coaches. It's going to be an awesome four month ride. So that'll come out in a, in a few weeks. Top fun. Uh, is there like a link or something like that? Not go? yet, but there will be. Okay. I'll uh, send it to you. Send it to me and I'll put it in the intro or outro or whatever. All right. Thank you so much. Love you. Thank you. I love you. I appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, I hope you stay tumescent and I will see you next week. <laughs> I hope you guys devoured that conversation. I had so much fun with it. I did not want to stop, but we had places to be at the end of the hour. So we'll have to have Whitney back on because she is rad. If you did enjoy this, please share it with your friends. Instagram is a great place. You can share it with me at Align Podcast. And you'd also tag Whitney Miller at Wit and Love. That's W H I T N love. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for your support with uh, reviews on iTunes. It's very supportive. Thanks for grabbing the Align Method book and reviews on Amazon is a great place or bookstores, wherever you get it. And uh, thanks for doing you. You are what keeps this engine of Align going. And I am immensely grateful for y'all being out there doing it. So thanks again for telling your friends. Thanks for sharing. And I will see you again very, very soon. Next week, in fact.